Lottie and Lauren. Up they come. Very good. Fantastic. So, who was here last night? Last night we played a pretty chilled game and we gave, what did we give away last night, Ben? 20 quid. No, not just 20 quid, we gave two last 20 quid, we gave away 40 pounds! Woo! And guys, there is a monetary prize tonight, are you excited? Yeah. I knew she was giving me like that, yeah. Yeah, too cool for, too cool for this. Right, okay, it's a very simple game. Basically, there's things, who's moved my things? Oh, that's okay, fine. Okay, I've got some of my favourite things here. I've got some Innocent Smoothie. This one is a Smoothie Energize for those of us who go to the gym. Uh, I've got some of my favourite soup, Broccoli and Stilton Soup. Anyone a fan? I'm a particular fan of that. And um, I've got some coffee. Fantastic. Okay, so we've got some nice things. Okay, so basically, and we're going to see, basically, very similar, it's called Blown Away. And we have uh, Boys versus Girls. going to step up and uh, Pete and Mika, come and hold the tube for me. And uh, basically, you're going to stand. Uh, let's go for Lauren first. Here are Lauren, and we're going to send you against Sam. Sam. And basically, I'm going to pour it into the tube, and then the person who can blow the strongest will win, and the person who loses won't. Um, and guys, if your parents have got any issues with this at any point, just just talk to Becca. Okay. Okay, so, it's, uh, put your hands behind your back. You put your hands behind your back, okay? And what you do is, is make it sound like that. Ready? It's just, three, two, one, there you go. So it'll be three, two, one, and then blow, okay? Three, two, one, blow, very simple. Three, two, one, blow! <laughs> yes! <laughs> so good. <laughs> the best bit is that Mika has got absolutely covered. <laughs> Mika, you were in control of the tube. You didn't even need to get covered. Okay. Very good. Lauren, you didn't win. Sorry about that. And, uh, Sam, uh, sorry, uh, Sam, you can stay there. Lauren, go away. Thanks so much. Okay, fine. So, innocent smoothie. Lovely. No, you can't. Just win. You just need to win. Sorry, your boys are better than girls. Come on. You're, you're this. Come on. Stand up. Yeah, run right, for Nick. He's, he's so excited he can't contain himself. Come on, step up, Nick. Come on, Nick. Nick, it's for money. It's for money. Come on, you two. Come on, every young person cares about money. Just sing what you can get with it. Come on, Nick. Nick, 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 Nick. We love peer pressure in youth work. What would Jesus do? <laughs> Probably not this. Nick, are you going to do it? Oh, okay. Who wants to say Nick's face? Is that a guy? Yes. Go on, on, mate. Come on, see it. Good stuff. Yeah. What's your What's your name? Phone. Ad. Ad. Come on, that's it. Nick, sit your ass down. Okay, right. You can say ass. Probably not. Okay, right. It's we guys. It's not doing it yet. It's three, two, one, blow. I keep your mouth closer, but she's gonna beat you, mate. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, blow. 
Blow, 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 blow. Oh. Oh. Blow, blow. Oh. Blow, 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 blow. Blow, blow. Oh, oh let's get Okay, um, it was uh, lots of this occasion one. Oh, that's, that was disappointingly, it's too thick. AJ, thanks for stepping up, but you lost. So, I said that I give out prizes. So, Lottie and uh, Sam, you both won yourselves 20 quid. Woo! And this 20 quid's got a picture of my face on it. Yeah, well done, guys. Give us a round of applause. Now, now I'd, I'd quite like one more round. Would you, would you like another round? And I thought it'd be really nice because I think Becca's just served us so well over these two days. I just thought, let's get Becca up. She's just amazing. So Becca, hand your camera over. You're going to join us. And um, I thought, who better to get but the person, the love of your life. I thought Jordan can come and join us as well. So Jordan is Becca's boyfriend. And I just thought these guys, they're going to love doing this because they love competing with one another. And so, I mean, there's a bit nicer because it's just some coffee. It's not, it's not hot, so that's okay. So I've got coffee here. Let's just make sure we get that in there. Oh, oh, I've got the wrong thing. It's not coffee. I don't think there's enough egg in there, actually. One sec. So we can, we can, we can, we can do it on the, on, on the thing. It's okay. It's okay. Can you hold that for me? Good to go. Just making sure I get invited back next year. Okay. Guys, you understand the rules of the game? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so much joy in my life. Just, just lower it, lower it slightly. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, blow! Come on, Becca! Come on! Ah! You, what kind of man are you? You backed off. But you lost, mate. You went up. You lost. Let's just give Becca a round of applause! Becca, you win nothing. Just my friendship. Ah, uh, all right, guys, take it outside. Okay, Becca, over to you. Um, oh, I love being a youth leader. <laughs> okay, oh, God, I think eggs meant to be good for your face, isn't it? It's fine. Um, great. What are we do now? We're going to worship. Okay, let's all stand. And if the band can come and join us, please. Poundland, that's right. That was as high as our expectations went in life. So spend twenty pounds in Poundland. We can do it. Any of us can do it. We've got twenty pounds. That's the same with Jesus' promise. He, when he died on the cross, he died that anyone who confesses his name says, "Jesus, you are Lord. I know that I'm wrong. I need your forgiveness. I'm going to repent and follow you." That promise is therefore then yours, no matter who you are. And so I want to, I just want to drill that home with you guys. Say, hey, that is a promise that's for any of you. That any of you can grab hold of you. And many of you here may already taken that promise for yourselves. You might already be Christians here saying, yeah, I've done that. That promise is mine. That's fantastic. And what I want to do tonight is I want to talk to you about counterfeits, about things that are fake. And uh, we hear lots about fake things. We hear a lot about fake news. So Donald Trump famously called some news reporters. They're saying they're fake news. And that's been quite a good cuss. I know people are losing the playground. Like, man, you're fake news. And uh, things that are counterfeit are things that are things that look like the real thing, but they're not. 
They're not the real deal. And sometimes we buy counterfeit stuff. We're like, hey, that looks like something I like. And I'm prepared to pay a little bit less and have a slightly shoddier version because it pretty much does the job type thing. But other times I'm thinking, no, I've, I feel duped. I feel conned if I bought something and it doesn't turn out to be the real thing. I love it. I am. I love YouTube. I'm just, I, I can quite easily. So, sometimes I'm like, I don't watch much television. I'm very, very godly, but I then use hours and hours of my time watching YouTube. And one of the favorite things that I, I watched on YouTube, amongst other things, is bad photoshopping. When people have photoshopped their photos to make themselves look better, but done it in a really bad way. And it's very obvious that they're, they've, they've accidentally given themselves three arms and things like this. And their mates have just been brutal to them on social media. Like, ha, 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 you've totally photoshopped that. And it's totally fake and totally doesn't, isn't what it is meant to be. And so we like going, oh, that's not right. And then during this election recently, there's lots of fact, fact checking going on. People are Googling saying, hang on a minute, you said that, that's not true. That's not real. And uh, the point I was making is that our £20, we've got a real £20, you can spend it. But what if you've got a fake one? Did you know there's about 566,000 fake £20 notes in circulation in the UK? That's a lot of £20 notes. And so you need to look carefully at £20 notes. I don't know if you've ever tried to pay with, pay with one and someone behind the counter has got out a pen and scribbled on it to try and see if it's real or not because there's some kind of coating on it. But even sometimes they've, they've worked out a way to trick that as well. They're always the, the criminals are bringing out counterfeits that are more and more like the real ones. And I've given out some counterfeits tonight. Sam, where's Sam? Did you have the one with my face on it? You are so blessed. So that isn't such a good counterfeit because it's got, obviously got my face on it. And uh, where's Lottie? You got the one. You got it. She's holding it proudly. She's so pleased that she's got a fake twenty pound note. Now, it's a quick, quick story. As I was preparing for this talk, I thought I'll just photocopy a twenty pound note on a photocopier at work, so I can then cut it out and bring it for my illustration. And uh, as I did it, the photocopier shut down. Because it's linked up to the internet. It's like, you are trying to counterfeit money. You cannot do this. And it totally locks it down. I had to go and get our church administrators. Um, I was really sorry. I was actually counterfeiting some money. And uh, sorry. I was like, I know I'm an elder, but it's okay, really. And they're like, mm-hmm. it's for a talk, I promise. And uh, anyway, so counterfeiting is a big deal. And the reality is, if you've got a fake one pound note, has anyone got a sorry, fake one pound coin? Has anyone ever had a fake one of them? And you can tell, can't you? if you drop it on a table, it's like going ding, 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 ding. It goes like, boom. And they're kind of different, don't they? And if you've got a fake one pound coin, you think, I feel a bit conned, I chuck it in a bin, all I've done is lost a quid. But if you found out they had a fake 20, how gutted would you be? You'd be like, what? 20 quid, it's a fake one. And uh, you wouldn't want to chuck it in the bin, you think, what if I could pass that off to someone else? Don't do that, put it in the bin. Anyway, uh, yes, you'd be a bit gutted, wouldn't you, if it's 20 quid? You'd be a bit gutting. And my point I want to make to you tonight is that God gives us a promise that is real and good and true. But lots of other things pretend to be the gospel, pretend to be God's promise. And my my urging to you is to make sure the gospel and the promise that you've got is the right one and it's not a counterfeit. And so we're going to look at two types of counterfeit tonight. And uh, before we do that, I'm going to pray. How's that sound? Why don't we bow our heads? Uh, Father God, we thank you for fun, we thank you for sunshine, thank you for being away together, uh, Lord God, but with this whole event's been put on so that we'd learn more about you, and not just learn it for our heads, but in our hearts, that we would become closer to you in our relationship, Lord God. And I pray for the person who, in one sense, is closest to you, and I pray for the person who's furthest from you right now, Lord. I pray each of us will just know something more about you uh, during this evening's uh, talk and prayer and everything else that's going on this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick on someone. I am going to pick on Rod. 
Roz, you've got a very important job this evening. No, you can stay there, it's all right. Don't, all right, no, don't be quick, too quick. Your job is very important. I can speak too quickly. If I'm speaking too quickly for you, you have to stand up and wave at me. Do you understand? Yes, I don't have someone to do that for me. And I'm quite excited tonight, so I think I could speak too quickly. Who thinks I'm speaking too quickly already? No? Oh, that's good to know. Okay, great. Pardon? What are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. Okay, two types of counterfeit. Let's uh, get Sam up. Sam, come join me. Now, some counterfeits are very obvious, like Sam's counterfeit. If you took this into any, if you took it into Poundland and bought your 20 things, it'd be very obvious that this is not a real 20 pound note. And obviously it's on just rubbish paper. But if you, even if it was on quality 20 pound note paper, there's something very glaringly obviously wrong with it. That I am not the queen or a queen. I am Stephen Dawson and I'm trying to imposter. So it's very obvious that this is not a real 20 pound note. You would not get your goods in it. Thank you, Sam. It's very obviously wrong. So the first type of counterfeits are the obvious things. And the obvious things that aren't the gospel are things that have nothing to do with Jesus. Okay? So everyone in life is looking at what will satisfy them. Everyone. Okay, whether they're a Christian or not a Christian, they're thinking, what can satisfy me? So people turn to all kinds of things. And we often, in youth groups, say, all the bad things you shouldn't do, like drugs and sex and pornography and drink and all those horrible things you mustn't do because they're not the gospel. They're not Jesus. You're trying to find satisfaction in things that aren't good. We said they're not the gospel. They're not the promise. If you trust in those things, it's like turning up at Pound and saying, hey, Jesus, I can come into heaven because look at these things I trusted on earth. It's like... That's rubbish. You shouldn't have put your trust in those things. Those are clearly not real £20 notes. Drugs and drink, they're not going to satisfy us. And so we, but we all know that, don't we? There's other things that maybe seem a little bit less clear. Because actually, family, friends, just going after happiness, education, some of those things don't seem like good things, don't they? They're all good things. But do you know, we can make those things God. We can almost, as it were, draw them onto a £20 note and say, those are the things that I'm going to trust in life. If only I've got the right family, if only I've got the right friends, only if I'm happy with the, with the job I've got, or only if I do well in education, if I'm popular. Those things which are all, all good in themselves, but we can make those things not just good, but make them God. And God calls those things idols. Let's look at this first verse, which maybe or may not be there. It is. Hurrah. Uh, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God loves you with all his heart and he wants you to love him too. He wants this relationship with you. And when you love something else more than you love God, God's saying that's just wrong. And sometimes when we read those kind of verses, it's from the Ten Commandments. You're like, well, yeah, but I haven't made any weird statues out of gold or wood and bowed down to it. But when we invest our time and money into things on earth, and even if they're good things, and we give them more of our heart than we give to God, then we've got things the wrong way around, and it means we are in basically doing idolatry. And we're putting our trust in them rather than in the stuff that God has for us. The best way to spot whether something is counterfeit, is to ask yourself questions. If you ask yourself the question, I would be happy if. And what's the end of that sentence for you? Or my life would be complete if. And if Jesus isn't at the end of that sentence, if being in relationship with him is not the end of that sentence, if it's something else, then you've got things around the wrong way. And you're believing a counterfeit gospel. You're thinking, this is the thing I'm trusting in. We're actually thinking you need to trust in is Jesus and Jesus alone. 
The great thing in the Bible, it says that if you seek God, he gives you all that other stuff as well. Actually, the reality is you go after God. God satisfies our hearts, gives us joy in this life. It's not like having to give up everything and, oh, no, I have to follow Jesus. And he's the only thing I can have. But Jesus, I'm going to give you this and I'll give you everything else as well to enjoy. But the thing is to get to know God. Enjoy him for yourself. I have, at loads of points in my life, loved other things more than I love God. When I was your age, all I wanted in life was a girlfriend. And I had girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend. And I loved kissing them. I loved being with them. I felt like a man because I had a girlfriend, all that kind of stuff. And I screwed up a whole bunch of girls. And I screwed up my own heart when I did it. Just totally messed up all through my teen years. And even the, even the girl I married, I started going out with her when I was quite young and just messed her around, all kinds of stuff, and we eventually broke up. And we should never have gone out as early as we did because I just, she was more important than, um, than God. And I, of course, I couldn't lead her, I couldn't do anything right because I wasn't following God. I was falling off this thing. And she said the same. She's like, Stephen was my God. He was my emotional crutch. When things are wrong, I was going to go to him rather than knowing how to go to God. That was one of the big things. Having lots of money was one thing I ran after at one point. At one point I had a plan uh, to, I was living in a, a rubbish place called Weymouth. And I didn't want to live there anymore. So I thought I had these two plans to get out of Weymouth. One was to do really well on my A-levels, get a really quality job and earn lots of money. The other one was to play the lottery every week for Wednesday and Saturday. 8, 15, 25, 28, 48, 49. Yes, there were my numbers. Yes, in two years I won absolutely nothing. I was like, God, what are you doing? I'm trying to win some money to get out of this crap hole. And instead of winning, I didn't win anything. And I totally flunked my A-levels because my trust was in some education. This plan's going to work. And my other plan was play the lottery. Actually, if I just spent those years walking with God, you know what? He would have helped me in that bad place. He would have given me peace and joy and help me. And I look back on those years and think, God, thank you for forgiving me for messing around during those years. But I still regret that I didn't do better with them. I don't want to waste years of my life chasing things that aren't God. In later life, I have a motorbike that I love to bits. And I have six children. I think I probably love my motorbike more than at least three of them. It's just so cool. And so, that's just life. So, okay, Sam, come back up here. So Sam's got our counterfeit. These are the obvious things in life, things that we are putting our trust in that don't involve Jesus, the things above him. Now, Sam, I can do your swap. I'm not gonna go, I haven't got a 20, cause I basically broke the relational mission budget already. But, you can have this 10 pound note. Would you like to swap it for this 10 pound note? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. It's only 10 though, it's not 20 like you've got. Yeah, but this isn't 20. It, that, that's 20, you've got 20 there, and it's got my face on it. Yeah, but it's not like actual money. It's not actual money, that is right. So you're probably right, but you could put it up on your fridge and remember this moment forever. No. Oh, okay. You can have the ten pounds. Stand everyone, stay here, stay here. Stand everyone, yeah. Now, this analogy comes from that. So, so basically, you're swapping all those things you're putting your trust in. Thinking, no, no, I don't want them. They're absolute junk. They mean nothing. And I thought I shall set this on fire, but I probably set the fire alarm off. I ripped up my face. Yes, absolutely. It's not about me. It's not about the things I want. It's about Jesus. About the real, genuine thing. I promise. But this falls down because I can only give Sam ten quid. But that is not what God's like. It's more like this. I've written you a check as well. Here you are. Mika's here. Oh, she's going to run. Was it not obvious when Sam was standing here that I was about to do this bit? <laughs> oh, come on now. You just cannot get the staff. We're going to have to dock your pay, Mika. Okay, look. Amazingly, Sam, this is for you. It is a check for infinite pounds. 
And now obviously it's not real. It's from the bank of God. Okay, but the point is it's not, when you swap in your rubbish, it's not like you get 10 quid back or it's kind of okay. It's actually God it gives you everything. He gives you freedom for all your sins and joy in this life too. So Sam, there's a check for infinite pounds. Sam, everyone. You're welcome. Uh, okay, right. So there's two types of counterfeits. One's the obvious ones. Those things in life we put above Jesus. But there's also some sneaky counterfeits. Everyone say sneaky. Sneaky. There's some sneaky counterfeits. There's ones that kind of slip in the back door. They kind of pretend like they're the real thing. They even mention Jesus and church and the Bible, but they're not real. Okay. And so I'm going to, I'm going to show you them. I've got four of them. We're going to go through really quickly. So the first one is the I don't need church gospel. And they're all kind of, they're gospels, but they're not the real one. This one is called the I don't need church gospel. So the great thing about having a relationship with Jesus is a personal relationship. It's not just some weird religion. It's an actual relationship with an actual person who knows us, loves us, that we can be in relationship with. But sometimes we think that personal relationship is a private relationship. We think this is just about me and therefore I don't need other Christians and I don't need the church. Maybe that's how you feel now. If it's not how you feel now, there will be times in your life where you feel tempted to be like this. And I speak to people all the time who get this wrong. They think, oh, I'm saved. I'm in Jesus. I don't need to be with other Christians. And that's just totally false. The Bible speaks against that. It says, Jesus came to save his bride, the church. When it says you in the Bible, most of the time it's talking about you, a group of people, not just you singly. It's talking about you. And it's so important that we know that, that this gospel, this promise isn't just for me. It's an us thing. And actually we're to receive it together. We're to worship together. We're to be together. Do small group and youth group and Sundays together, celebrating, encouraging one another. And we're to be a family together. He said to Adam right at the beginning of time, he said, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to give you someone else. It's not good for people to be alone in their Christian walk as well. And uh, when we say we don't like the church, when people say, I don't really like church, or this church has upset me, or I don't like the way they do things, that kind of stuff. Sometimes we get a moaning about it. Maybe you've moaned about your youth group or your church sometime. Maybe you heard your parents moan and gripe about it. And church isn't perfect. I get that. But do you know what? Jesus loves his church. He loves it with a passion you can't even begin to imagine. And he wants you to love it too. And a sign of being a Christian is that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, that you love his family. If you came to my house one day, if you come to Brighton, you'd be welcome to come to my house, and came for dinner, came around to my house, knock on my door and say, hi, Stephen, remember me from Relational Mission? I'd say, hey, great to see you. Why don't you come in for dinner? Oh, great. Like, is your wife here? I was like, yeah, Emma's just in the kitchen. They're like, oh, pro- probably not then. I was like, oh, why not? Nah, not, not such a fan of her. Uh, what, my wife, Emma, who I love with all my heart? Yeah, she's a bit, mm, you know. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, no, obviously I really like you, Steve. You're a great guy. I you know, really, you know, really appreciate you and stuff. But your wife, she's a bit of a stinker, isn't she? We would be having a punch-up on my doorstep because I love my wife with my heart. You can't pretend to like me and then hate someone who is a part of me. And that's the same with the church. If you love Jesus, you can't say, oh, I don't like his wife. I don't like the bride. No, if you love Jesus, you need to love the church as well. And there's all kinds of temptations. I know there's football and sports and other things that take our attention. I think, well, that's Sunday mornings as well. These two things clash. I will tell you, I meet people all the time that in their teenage years, they decided actually church and attending church isn't that important, but I can still be a Christian. And five, ten years later, they're no longer walking with God. They're doing their life in a different way. 
They're not enjoying the benefit of being God's children. You have to make decisions at this age right now how you're going to live your life, how you're going to spend your time. The Bible says, keep meeting with believers. It says this in Hebrews. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. This has been a problem right down to the ages. People get in the habit of, they stop meeting together. They don't stop meeting together. Press in. Maybe even your parents have got a bit of a flippant attitude to going to church sometimes. Think, oh, let's have a morning off this week. You could be one and say, well, I'm going to go anyway. Actually, I'm going to go to church because it's important. It's important to be with the people of God. Jesus loves his church. I want to love the church. It might not always be excellent. It might not always be fun. But you know what? It's where you're meant to be. It's where you're meant to be. Okay, let's have a look at the second one. It's similar to the first one, it's the, but it's the second one. is that It's nice to be in community gospel. I meet people who love being part of my church. They love belonging to our community, but they don't belong to God's family. They come along because they like the social aspect. We do lots of good stuff, lots of social events. We cook pancakes and have pub quizzes and all kinds of stuff. And, I, and even our small groups, and they come along and they enjoy it. They like being on Sunday. They like the songs. They like the nice, interesting talk at the front. All that kind of stuff. But they've missed the vital point. They haven't taken hold of the promise that God has offered them. And that's the same for each of you. Where do you stand right now? Why are you in your youth group? Are you in your youth group because your parents take you there? Are you in your youth group because you like the activities they put on? Are you there because the youth leaders are really friendly? Are you there because your mates are there? Those are all good reasons to go along to a youth group. But they won't help you at the end of time when you stand before God and say, Him saying, why should I let you in? Saying, oh, because are you still to that youth group or are you still to that church? No, no, doesn't count. Being in that community doesn't count. That isn't the gospel. The gospel is taking the promise for yourself, believing in Jesus, turning from your, turning from your sin, and asking him for forgiveness. You must get that right. You must know that. Because the reality is, if, you, if it's right now, it's your youth group, and you're loving that, your youth group is going to come to an end at some point. Some point you're going to be too old for it. And at that point, you'll be like, oh, big church is a bit boring. Now, they preach a bit long in there. They don't put any games on for us. That kind of whatever it is, they think that's just not so good. But when you know what it's about, the promise, and you know what it is, still a bit boring, whatever. But you know it's about Jesus. You think, well, you know, what? I'm gonna stick it. I'm gonna stick through. Don't let the gospel be to you just about being in a nice community. Okay, next one. What about the feel-good gospel? That's where you only like to hear the good things that God has got to say to you, or you perceive the good things. So you're thinking, I love hearing that God loves me, and that God's going to help me, and God's going to protect me. I don't like when God tells me not to do things. I don't like it when God kind of makes me feel bad about some of the stuff that's going on in my life, or wants to challenge me, or get me to move out of my comfort zone. I only want it on my terms. The Bible has this to say about it in Proverbs. Son or daughter, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. I have four sons. And uh, my girls are a bit young, but they'll, they'll understand it soon enough. And I discipline my, my children. In fact, I'm quite strict as a dad. I'm strict because I love them. I love them with a passion. I just love them to bits. I could cry how much I love my kids. And sometimes when I'm standing before them, telling them off, I'm saying, I'm telling you off because I love you. I'm, I'm grounding you because I love you. I'm taking this thing off you because I love you, because I want you to learn what is right and wrong. I want you to grow as godly men. And they're like, 
no, but you're so mean. <laughs> you're so mean. I can't believe you're doing this. It's so unfair. I don't want you to do this to me. And, I said, and the great thing for me is we live on a council estate that is rough as. And my kids go to school with kids who have rubbish upbringings. Parents who just do not know how to parent. If, they're, if they've got parents around, don't know how to parent them. And they're wild. And their behavior is off the chart. Just crazy in trouble. And I say to them, I say to my son Theo, I say, you know Callum at school? He's like, yeah. So Callum is not loved by his dad. His dad does not discipline him. And that is why Callum is how he is. He's a horrible child. Don't get me wrong. God loves him. And I love Callum and I pray for him. But he's horrible to be around. He's just horrible. Because no one's ever stepped in and say, hey, that's wrong. Don't do that. And God wants to say to you, hey, I want to make you more like Jesus. Being more like Jesus isn't going to save you. Let me give it clear. Take a hold of the promises of what saves you. But God loves you enough to not just leave you as you are. He loves you as you are, but he doesn't want to leave you as you are. He wants to train you. That's what dis- discipline means. Discipline doesn't mean punishment. Discipline means training you. And he wants to train you. And that's not always easy. And sometimes when you feel the uneasy bits, when, get, when church gets uncomfortable, your youth leader gets a bit uncomfortable when you're faced about something that's gone in your life, you need to be saying, thank you for loving me enough to speak to me the truth. Thank you enough to say, hey, that's not right. You know, we can do it even to each other. Hey, the Bible says that's not quite right. Have you thought about that? And we just say, hey, you know, God loves you and he wants to help you live differently. Don't just live the feel-good gospel. Don't just take the good stuff and not the good stuff that God wants to give you as well. Okay, the last counterfeit. This is the whammy. Okay, the I can earn God's love gospel. This is what I talked about last night. I talked about the fact that you, we, we, we fall into this trap all the time, even as Christians, that somehow we've got to earn God's love. Why do I read my Bible? So God will love me. No, we don't. We read the Bible because God loves us and we want to know more about it. I must pray more. I must be a good Christian. No, that's not the reason. We pray more because being connected with Jesus is such a wonderful thing. He's not saying, oh, you've not prayed enough, therefore you're out. No, he's like, you've got a promise. You're forgiven for all your weaknesses, all your sins. You're not going to kind of brush yourself up. So like I said earlier, I live on this council estate. And uh, the great thing is I'm seeing some of my mates saved. Some of the horrible people on my estate who I just love the bits. They're getting saved. But they come into church with all their baggage, with all their swearing and smoking and all kinds of wrong thinking and tattoos of Buddhas up their arm and all kinds of stuff. And some of the people who've been in my church for like 30 years are like, ooh, they're a bit naughty, aren't they? It's like, what are you talking about? You're just as naughty as them. You're just better at hiding it. God's promise is just as much for them as it is for you. Yeah, you know what? God is still working on them. They're a work in progress. But you know, as long as they've taken hold of the promise, they're in. They haven't got to scrub themselves up to, to fit in. They haven't got to cover up their tattoos. They haven't got to cover up their language particularly, actually. They're just who they are. And I don't want them to become more middle class and better behaved. I just want them to become more like Jesus. And what does that look like? And in Jesus' time... Sometimes we want to rush people through that process. Hey, get better, get better. Actually, you know, God is much more patient than that. He works with us slowly. What does that look like for you? What do you think you need to do, do, do to be a better Christian? Have a think right now. What does being a better Christian look like to you? If, if the answer in your head is anything other than grab hold of Jesus more, you're wrong. You just need to have grab hold of Jesus. That's all it is. 
That's all it is. It's not doing this, that, and the other. It's not stopping this, that, and the other. It's grabbing hold of Jesus. And when you grab hold of Jesus, the great thing is that you want to read your Bible more. You want to pray more. And you want to stop sinning more. That's what happens. Go to Jesus first. Don't try and clean yourself up and then go to Jesus. Just go to Jesus. Right, Lottie. I'll be coming. It's your turn. Lottie, everyone. Woo! Now, this is our sneaky counterfeit. This one hasn't got any crazy dude's face on it. This is like a real one, a proper queen on it. And so you, if it was on proper paper, you might be able to try and sneak it into Poundland so they can have 20 fidget spinners for this, that kind of stuff. And they'll be like, well, ooh, yeah, it looks kind of real, that kind of stuff, but it's not. Now, Lottie, you've got a choice. Would you like your counterfeit £20? It's £20, people. It's a lot of money. Or you can half it and have a tenner instead. What do you want? A tenner. Why? Because it means a lot more. It means a lot more. Why? You've got 20. Because you can't do anything with it. Because you can't do anything that's right. Yeah, because if you got to the end of the time and said, oh, Jesus, this is the gospel that I've got for you. This is the gospel. I I did really well on earth. I read my Bible and I was a really good Christian, all that kind of stuff. God's going, what are you talking about? Your finest efforts are like filthy rags. That's what the Bible says. Even your best days are filled with all kinds of sin. It's absolute rubbish. And we get burnt up. That promise is not good enough. So, do you want a tenner? Yes. You can have a tenner. Stay, uh, stay there, stay there. So this tenner is absolutely rubbish. And I would love to burn it up, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to rip it up instead. Because it means absolutely nothing. If we try and live our life on any of the fake gospels, it means junk. It's nothing. It's only Jesus' promise that we can stand upon. But, of course, the tenet is not enough. So, Lottie, you too get infinite pounds. Because Jesus' gospel is worth so much more than all of that. There we are. Lottie, everybody! Fantastic. Let me conclude by saying this. We become Christians and we say, I became a Christian because God loves me. That's like the ABC. That's the obvious stuff of the gospel. I say the gospel, A to Z, is Jesus loves me. He's holding his promise to me. It never gets old, never gets tired. That's the thing we need to trust in. And sometimes we need to dig and we need to understand it a bit more. So we easily falls at our head. We are so quick to remember. There's a guy called Martin Luther. He said we need to grab our Bibles and beat the gospel into our heads because we're rubbish at holding on to it. Beat the gospel into your head. One of the ways that I found that helped me beat the gospel into my head is I've started writing. Who was at um, New Day last year? Who heard Steph listen to his um, spoken word thing? Yeah, he did our whole preach. It was just a poem that he wrote that afternoon in the supermarket. We basically hate Steph Liston for being so creative. Anyway, we don't. We love him, really. Okay, but Steph Liston, he was awesome. But I, I, took, I thought, I reckon I could write a poem. And so I have written a poem, and I have written lots of poems, actually. And it's helped me just engage. Actually, this is truth about God. And so I'm going to read you my poem, which I hope helps you. I'll ask the band to come up while we're doing that. And uh, they can get in place while I'm reading this. And once we've done that, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to hand over to Becky, who's going to tell us about what we're going to do in prophecy. Okay, so the, the poem is about two minutes. Okay, so it says this. <gasps> okay. Thank you that all my sin is forever gone. All the wrong I've ever said, ever thought, or ever done is forgiven. And this forgiveness goes on and on. Your love is so high and wide, so deep and very long. I deserve to be cast out like a leper, to be treated like a traitor, to be shunned like a loser, a pervert, and a hater. And yet, my God, you had a saving plan, one that started before creation and across history it spans. To send your one and only son to live and die on earth, to be treated like a criminal as one without any worth. 
You sent him to die in my wretched place, to suffer my pain and punishment, my shame and my disgrace. And yet he did it willingly. His love for me is amazing. Better than life itself, I will be forever praising. Praising you, the perfect one, the devil could not mold you. The darkness could not stop you and death, it could not hold you. You rose again at Easter, my Saviour, King and Lord, and we will rise again with you and live forevermore. Thank you now I follow you with all my left until my death is due. There is no one greater, my Saviour, friend and maker, bread of life, light of the world, the good shepherd and the way, the one who holds tomorrow, today and yesterday, the resurrection and the life, the truth, the King of kings, Lord of lords, living word who shelters me in his wings. It's to you I give my life. I do not know what will arise. But thank you that you are never shocked. Nothing is a surprise. And that nothing can shake the unshakable truth that all my joy and peace and hope is only found in you. If I never receive another blessing, I already have all I need. My sin is gone. I'm friends with God for all eternity. Why don't you close your eyes and I pray. Father God, we just want to thank you for your amazing gospel. I pray that what I said would land as best it can. Everything I said is good would stick with these guys, Lord God. Although the gospel is to believe, to believe, and nothing else is, Lord God. I pray that we might, though, might be those who stand on the strong foundation that you've given us. Lord, we might reach out and grab hold of the true thing, not the counterfeit thing. And I pray, help us as we begin to worship and I receive from you now. In Jesus' name, amen. This mic. Oh, it is working. Um, great.